Genesis chapter 3 and Psalms 119. We're going to be preaching about our precious Bible this morning. Amen. Genesis chapter 3. The beginning of the fall of man comes at the same time when Satan comes on the scene. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, these are the first recorded words of Satan in Scripture. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden? Can I, can I tell you this morning? Yea, hath God said is literally the foundation of our salvation. is the foundation of everything we believe in, everything that we stand in. What Satan's uh, main objective that he wants to do is to put doubt on the Word of God. That's the first recorded thing that we see Satan doing in Scripture. Amen. Genesis. Amen. Brother Ron Phillips, would you pray for the message, brother? Number one, the importance of the Word of God. Our faith depends upon it. Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. Our our, our faith literally depends upon it. Our direction depends upon it. Look at, you should be there at Psalms 119, 9. Psalms 119, 9, our direction depends on the Word of God. It says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Our desire depends upon it. Look at verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's our desire. Boy, it would be good if we just change our desire. We'll be talking about that on Wednesday, being filled with the Spirit. Amen. Our spiritual sight depends upon it. Look at verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Word of God is not only what saves us, but it's what keeps us. Romans 1.17, For therein is the righteousness from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The Word of God is not just our salvation, but it's everything. Just just everything, period. It's It's everything that we need, desire, hope we can rest on. Amen. It keeps us. I'm thankful that, that when I was spiritually born again, I was born for the second time. I was seven years old. God didn't, I wasn't born left on the spiritual doorstep of, a, of an orphanage. God didn't just say, okay, you're spiritually born, now go fend for yourself. No, no, no. The Word of God is there to comfort us, is to feed us, is to give us milk, uh, eventually eat some good steak, and once in a while, to give us everything that we Came home from Sam's Club, and it's like you know we just got a big paycheck from some job, and like the fridge is full and everything's stocked, and like you're eating like high off the hog for a couple of days. Our God shall supply all you need, but also 
also when there's nothing in the fridge and like you're pretty hungry <laughs> you know there's times like that I worked with a, 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 a man framing um, well framing in general but um, we worked together for uh, two or three years almost exclusively and he's now a missionary in Bangladesh and uh, he believed that this verse he, he was he was so Calvinist, 100%, like Calvinist, didn't believe in the inspired word of God. I mean, just some things that we so disagree with. Um, but a great man that loves the Lord, I believe he's saved. And, um, but he believed that Philippians 4.19 was only spiritual. He believed that it was the American theology, the American culture way of thinking that God will supply all of our physical needs. But that's just not true. You don't have to turn there, but Matthew 6, 28, Jesus himself said, said, he said, behold, the fowls of the air. He said, they they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet, your heavenly Father, which feedeth them, are are, are you not much better than they? What was Jesus talking about? Meeting your physical needs? He's saying if I can meet the physical needs of a bird, you don't think I can meet your physical needs? You know, God took care of the physical needs of the children of Israel. I mean, 40 years in the wilderness. You know, their sandals never wore out. You realize that, right? Scripture even tells us that. That's not some speculation. God took care of them. Their clothes never wore out. God gave them everything that they needed. Oh, they complained when they were hungry or thirsty, and there were times of that. But God took care of them physically and spiritually. God took care of the 12 disciples. God used them to spread the gospel literally to the world. I love that verse. They t- I listened to a song yesterday where uh, how they turned the world upside down. Amen. That is awesome. I love that line. They were beaten and tortured and abused, thrown in prison. They, they starved. They were miserable many times. God still took care of their physical needs. But we're confusing our needs with our wants. God gives us everything that we need, physical or spiritual. Amen. We we, we like to quote things like, Everything worketh for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are called according to his promise, or something like that. We want to quote verses like that when things go good, like we want them to go. But if we really believe that, uh, uh, all things work together for our good to them that love the Lord um, that means bad things too God gives us what we need for his glory turn to Psalms 138 verse 1 Psalms 138 1 the needs of my generation are so spoiled if we don't have the right toppings on our pizza we're going to like have a foul attitude the rest of the night Really, just it's just a sad, sad viewpoint. Amen. But we think that what we think our needs are and what God knows our needs are two separate categories. Look at Psalms 138, verse 1. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship uh, toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified, look at this, this is important. For thou hast magnified what? 
Thy word above what? Well, that's a big statement. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Whoa. Now how much do we reverence the word of God? Whoa. It's not just some books that some prophets wrote about. This is magnified above all the name of the Lord. Above all the name of God. You say, well, what's that mean? It means that God is pointing to the word. It means that the Holy Spirit is pointing to the Word. That shouldn't surprise us. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was what? Was God. Amen. God's pointing us to Christ to magnify Him. The Holy Spirit's pointing us to Christ to magnify Him. The Word in Christ is synonymous. Did I get it right? Synonymous. Don't say that five times fast. Everyone's doing it right now in their minds. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Let's just take a quick look at how important the name of God is, just for a moment in this message. How important the name of God is. I think I mentioned that in Sunday school. We, 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 like, we, we know to reverence the Word of God, but boy... It's like, it's like our worship is so much more powerful the more that we understand the Word of God. It just is way more powerful. How is it more powerful? Because we understand how nothing we are and how great that He is. We get a better picture. We won't get a clear picture, a perfect picture, a complete picture until we're in our resurrected bodies, amen. But, man, it'll just change your worship. You spend some time in the Word, Amen. Philippians 2, 9, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Acts 4, 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. God's word is magnified and put at the same level of reverence as God himself. Yet we leave it in the trunk of the car. Right? We're all guilty. If we reverence this as God himself, we would change where we put it, where we stored it, how often we read it, how, how much we tell people about it, if we reverenced it for what it was. Amen. Number one, the Word of God is more than just important. It's our everything. Number two, the inspiration of the Word. Turn to 2 Timothy 3.16. The inspiration of the Word. (coughs) We could preach a hundred messages and never finish preaching and describing and telling and pointing to how wonderful the inspiration of the Word is. (coughs) You know, the, the Word of God was not given to us by a man. It came from an almighty God. If you're going to call yourself a Christian and say that you're born again and you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then you better believe everything that the Word of God says. There's no getting around it, but yet that's what we do because we want to pick and choose like a buffet what we want to take from it. it. (coughs) 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is given by what? 
inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness. That's why our flesh don't like it. Amen. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. That perfect doesn't mean perfect like Rob Wilson's perfect, but perfect like complete. It means complete. Amen. All Scripture is given by who? God. All Scripture is given by God. And how did He give it? What method did God choose to give Scripture? Inspiration. Makes me think of the group. I just want to thank you, Lord. Rachel loves that song. Amen. (coughs) Inspiration by God, not man. You look and I like to look at the Greek sometimes just to compare things. Might learn something a little deeper, and I, I learned something here. The Greek word for that for inspiration there is something I can't even pronounce. I don't even want to try to. And it means divinely breathed. And, and that's that, that's awesome. Like I, I believe with all my heart, God breathed His inspiration. I get that. But on a little bit of a closer study, that Greek word doesn't just mean uh, 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 divinely breathed, but more specifically, divinely breathed in. Divinely breathed in. Like, well, why would that Greek word be used there when, when the writer wrote that? Paul. Well, I believe it would be more accurate to say that as the Holy Spirit was already dwelling within the author, within the, not author, within the writer of the scriptures, Jesus, Christ is abiding in them. The Holy Spirit indwelling is in the believer. And God breathed uh, inspiration into his word inside of them. You think, well, that's not a big deal. It's just a little bit deeper of an understanding of breathe uh, inspiration into the Uh, scriptures amen so god's word was given by inspiration i believe by the holy spirit breathing into those men not outwardly but breathing in what's that tell us they were believers just like we were that they had the indwelling of the holy ghost amen just like we do those holy men of god wrote exactly what god wanted them to do as he breathed it in them amen second peter 121 you have to turn there but it says for the prophecy of uh <coughs> excuse me the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man but by the will of uh, the holy men of god spake as they were moved by the holy ghost yeah. and you have a faithless faithless trend that will say well yeah but the, you know we don't have the originals there are christians that claim to be born again say oh i love the word of god i love god but you know we don't have the originals so we can't trust anything If your faith in the Word of God relies on the inspiration and preservation of God's Word, then your faith died out long before the inspiration just got old and, and deteriorated. Amen? My, faith, my, my God is a whole lot bigger than however long paper can last on this earth. Did, did, did God not preserve uh, the sandals and the clothes of the children of Israel for an entire 40 years and they had no issues? Right. Did he not create the entire universe? And why do we think that God can't preserve his word? Right. Amen. 
Where was I? Oh. <laughs> then you have some say. I worked for a guy that did several jobs for him. He was a, an engineer, and he was a, a Catholic man. What was crazy was he was a Catholic teacher at his church. He, did, he would do Sunday school, like some periodic thing he would do Sunday school. And he just, just knew no, no basic doctrine. And, 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 and he would spiritualize anything he didn't understand. He would spiritualize it and metaphor, metaphor, metaphorically say that's what it is. He would say everything's a metaphor, right, if he didn't understand it, right? And, and, there, and he didn't even understand salvation or the second birth, but yet he's teaching in a church. Why? Because they tell him what to teach, and he, doesn't, he didn't actually study anything. He just, what, what do I say? Okay, this, and that's, that's how it was done. Um, but we would have some good talks. <clears throat> but, but he believed, I said that to say this, that he didn't believe in the preservation or inspiration of the Word of God. He believed in the preservation of the idea of it. <laughs> okay, here's an example that just shows how crazy that is. I worked with an Indian lady that was like Hindu or Muslim or something. Very nice, Savita, Indian lady. And, and when I was in high school, I worked in a nursing home therapy department. She was the head physical therapist. And uh, she was wearing Christmas stuff and saying Merry Christmas. I said, Savita, you celebrate Christmas? That is awesome. I had no idea. And I was like, are you saved? You go to church? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't believe any of it. I just like the idea of it. Think about that for a while. It really dumbs down what it really is. Puts no, puts no uh, um, um, clout in what, what it is. Amen. The idea of the word of God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So are the thoughts inspired of God's word? Are, are, are the ideas inspired? We have all kinds of Bibles out there are thought-driven nowadays. Um, they're idea-based, subject to change on whatever the current culture is, what year it is, what, whatever is happening is going to change, amen, whatever the preference is, whatever uh, social injustice is being done or not being done, right? And Satan's loving it because all along the way he's saying, yea, hath God said, yeah, had God said, did God really say that? Or was that just the idea of don't eat of that tree? Did he say that exactly? Or did he mean like don't eat it after a week? Or don't, I mean like just in general don't eat that as your main source of food? Or did God just say don't eat of the tree? Well, we're a Bible-believing church and we believe in what God says. We live by it. We ought to sleep by it. We ought to eat by it, dream by it, ponder upon it, and worship by it. Amen. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Scripture is what? It's the written, it's the written word or text. That's what scripture is. So what was breathed by God? The ideas? No. The thoughts? No. It was the scripture. The written word. Amen. Number one, the importance of the word. Number two, the inspiration of the word. Number three, the preservation of his word. Each one of these topics are just like, you, you can't even put a, a scratch in them. Amen. Psalms chapter 12, verse 6. Psalms chapter 12, verse 6. 
If there's ever any question of God preserving just the idea or just the thought or just the metaphor of what He's trying to get us... Because God's not big enough, apparently, to just preserve what He wants us to know. Psalms chapter 12, verse 6. His words, not His thoughts, His words, the words of the Lord are pure words. The silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Not generalization, but words. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. That tells us two things. I mean, is the Word of God true or not? You've got to make that call. If you don't believe the, God, the Word of God is true, then you can throw it all out. It's either all or nothing. Can you imagine being on a bowling team and be like, oh yeah, I, I don't actually bowl. Or I only bowl like two frames, if I'm using the right terminology. Like, what? You're either on the team or you're not. Amen. This, this tells us two things in Scripture. Well, number one, God's preserved His Word. If He said that thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever, that means that God has preserved His Word. That means there's a copy of the Word of God that we have access to in this generation. I wonder which Bible out there is the perfect Word of God. You know, it don't take much study to figure that out. All you got to do is look at what Bible hasn't changed. Number two, it's not our job nor our responsibility to keep it preserved. It's God's job to keep it. And can I tell you that God's good at what he does? We couldn't keep it preserved. You know, and anything we put our hands on, we ruin it. Amen. Turn to Acts chapter 3, verse 26. We'll wind down here this morning. Acts chapter 3, verse 26. Let's just look at a couple of scriptures here. And, 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 and I, I think everyone here knows there's far more to be preached on and go over on the preservation and inspiration of his word. I mean, we're not even, not even touching it. Amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 26. Now, let's not just read the word of God. Let's, let's pay attention to everything. Who's he talking to? All, all these things. It says, unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. <coughs> now while you're looking at that, I'm going to read you what the NASB says. Because they say, oh, they make it easier to read. and they, it's just, just, That's the main reason it's for easier to read for the younger generation. Because we don't know what thee means or thou. Acts chapter 3 verse 26 from the NASB. Now follow along and notice what's different. It says, For you first God raised him up, his servant, and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. Can I tell you that there's some major differences from uh, God's son Jesus and just a servant? Um, there's a huge difference. I'm a servant of God. I am not God's only begotten son. There's a big difference. But yet, it must be easier to read. But isn't it funny that they only change, like, you know, doctrinal things? Huh. What a coincidence. It's almost like Satan knew what he was doing in the garden when he said to Eve, Yea, hath God said. Hmm. It's just a question. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying, wouldn't it be better this way? We don't 
I have to turn there, but with the same line of thinking, John 3.16. Keeping in mind there's a difference between God's son and a servant. So if I just changed our only begotten son in John 3.16 to servant, it would read like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his servant. That whosoever believeth in his servant should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, that's a big doctrinal change. That's a big doctrinal change, and Satan loves that. You know, there's probably 10,000 other verses just like that. You think I'm kidding? I am not. We could go all day. And, and, and you know what they're all on? I mean, 90-some percent, maybe 99 percent, it's all doctrine issues that they take out. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. Amen. I can't imagine how I would feel if my dad didn't call me his son but just a servant. Wow. If you're saved this morning, you're born in the family of God. We are all now sons and daughters of royal priesthood. But we're more than just servants. We're adopted sons in the royal family, man. We're part of the family. We're not just servants anymore. Gary Duty wrote a song about that, not a servant anymore, just a servant. Amen. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Name that's above all other names. Whose name? The name of Jesus. The Word. The Word. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's literally just one example of thousands. And, and, and as, I, as I was doing this message, I realized I need to do some. I've preached maybe two messages in the King James Bible. We need to do some more. Amen. Number one, the importance of his word. Number two, the inspiration of his word. Number three, the preservation of his word. Here at Hope Baptist Church, we use the King James 1611 Bible. Always have. As long as I'm pastor, we always will. That is the preserved word of God. Um, It it doesn't take um, much studying to even figure that out. It, It really does. There's not much study that can be done about it that's profitable and it's good. And we should be doing it. But it is so clear that that is the perfect word of God. I heard somebody say that one time that we don't read the King James Bible out of uh, uh, convenience, but out of conviction. Amen. Christian, if you're saved this morning, please don't identify the word of God through culture. But can you... Rather identify the word of God through Christ. We ought to reverence it. If you're not saved this morning, can I invite you to be? God is literally pointing to the name that's above all names, saying that his word is magnified above all thy name, which means what? God is pointing you to Christ. You to the word. The Holy Spirit's pointing you to Christ. They're synonymous. Christ didn't give his life so that we could have our best life now. Regardless of whatever mainstream preachers want to say. Rhymes with Molstein. (laughs) That's unbiblical. That's not true. God never said, I want you to have your best life now. No, no, no. It's best life then. All day long. God will supply all of our needs physically and spiritually. Amen. Jesus despised the shame. 
suffered and died so that we might be saved this morning. The main message that God wants us to have is right here. All of it. This is everything he wants us to know. Everything. It's the main message of salvation. It's everything that he has for us. So let's study it. Let's understand it. It's the word of God. He's magnified it above all thy name. Let's close. Dear Lord, I pray that you would move in this invitation time. Thank you for.